Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hello, fellow adventurers of sexuality and spirit, and welcome to Erotic Awakening with Lee Harrington. It has been an amazing year and a half of running this podcast, this uh, monthly appearance on the third Monday of every month. And this month I'm going to be talking about processing and pushing ourselves and checking in with our sexual fantasies and desires. I recently attended an event called ShibariCon, and at that event I played twice. Now, for people who used to know me a couple years ago, okay, he played twice, what's the big deal? But for folks who have been following me for the last year, that's a really big deal. I had some pretty intense health stuff go down last year, and it's still a challenge for me to get out, get about, and to connect with others on a physical and sexual level. It's a matter of spoons, of energy, of what we have that we can give to others and give to ourselves in that kind of context. But at ShibariCon, I played twice. Once bottoming, and once topping. Now, the bottoming was really interesting to me, because I haven't had a chance to bottom as a really intense uh, masochist since all this stuff went down. I've done a little bit of play here and there, a little bit of connecting. I've had some really intense sexual scenes that, uh, well, a, a small handful of intense sexual scenes that had sexual masochistic tendencies within them. But this was pure SM, pure bondage that was sadistic and cruel and beautiful and really hard. I have a personal identity, or have historically had a personal identity around being a masochist. That I can take a lot. That I can struggle and suffer through a lot. That I am the kind of person who can hang on flesh hooks, or can have skewers thrown through my face. That I have been the person who has bled and cried and suffered and been single-tailed hard enough that I have come off the frame that I was on and come back to want to punch my partner in the face. I... I don't know if I'm that person anymore. And for those of us who have invested an identity in part of our sexual exploration, that can be really scary. There's a lot of me that is in transition. And that's really funny as somebody who has had a gender transition to say, I am in transition. But as I sit with it, I realize that all of us are in transition. Every single one of us is shifting and morphing and growing and changing and having 
beautiful and scary things happen along the way as we find our new identities. Identities are a chance to sort our own brain out. They are a way to process our own external experience. They are a way to sort out our internal rubbish into piles and to stack up all of the files that are us. But it's scary, for me at least, and hard, for me at least, to do that processing work when we don't know what labels apply anymore. Am I a masochist or am I a sensory connoisseur? Am I into being challenged and pushed or is it about connection or is it both or what's going on? How, how do I be the pig that I was if I'm not the pig that I was? How do you be the person you were when you're not the person you were? So, I had a hip harness tied on me in really intense rope that had been processed very recently, was still stiff and hard. I don't think he meant for it to be as painful and challenging as it was, but I'm on medications that amp that stuff up, that make my body more sensory careful, that make me be aware more of what's going on. And in some ways, I like it. I like the fact that cool breeze across the back of my neck can send shivers down my spine, something that rarely happened before. But it's got challenges with it. It comes with this experience where rough rope on my skin was more than rough rope on my skin used to be. Hip harness, arms tied behind my back, lifted up into the air and pinching somewhere around my pubic mound that just sucked the moment I got flipped upside down. My arms struggled as he pushed me and spun me and turned me, contorted me, crushed little parts of my foot in ways that are still tender a couple of weeks later. I cried. I screamed. I was unsure what to do. It was that moment where I became a gibbering person, all the while processing my words out loud. I have historically been the kind of person that likes to go nonverbal during scenes. It's actually problematic for my play partners because they don't always know what's going on. I'm screaming, I'm crying, or I'm gone completely stoic, but I'm not sharing my information. But early on in the processing, I don't, I don't know the right word right now. This, uh, this person and I had been flirting for a while, but at the con he said, hey, I'd like to do something. I'd like to have us play in some way, but my schedule is pretty crazy. Are you willing to be on the back burner, as it were? And if we have a chance to play, that's cool. And if we don't, that's cool. And I thought about it for a long time because I want to be special. I want to be the person that people book time out for and, 
and ask me, hey, I'm willing to clear my schedule for you. And he wasn't. And it, it was challenging. I had to sit with myself and say, hey, am I willing to be on the back burner? Am I willing to be challenged in that way? To be special, but only be special if he has enough time for me. And I sat with it and I said, yeah. Yeah, I, I was a little bit cocky on the outside and said, yeah, yeah, I'm game. Bring it on. While on the inside, I said, he doesn't want to play with me. He's just putting me off. He, I told stories to myself until I battled those stories. And I said to those stories, you know what? That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is I want to play with you, but I booked stuff ahead of time because I didn't know I would have a chance to play with you. And I have commitments to my primary partner first. That's what he was saying. There was no other context, no other story, but the rest of it was what I thought I heard. So I wandered the dungeon. I looked around. I flirted with other friends. I had a hot, growly moment with somebody I've been uh, in, uh, I don't know, whatever it is that we are together. And I looked around and really looked around. I paid attention to the scenes and wasn't really a voyeur per se, but I sat with the experience of being at the conference and really being there. And I had little conversations here and there and it was beautiful. I got to go out into the social area and run into somebody who I just got introduced to someone in the dungeon and we went out into the social area and he taught me a new tie one where it lashes just below the knee and wraps down to just below the calf and goes back and forth and back and forth, loop, 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 weave in, weave out, weave in, weave out, tie off. And there's a new attachment point right there in the middle of the calf above the shin. That's beautiful and crazy and something new and something I hadn't tried out. And something that's in anchored in my head now, because I got to go over it three or four times, including with the creator of the tie. That's pretty cool. And I wandered back into the play space, and there he was. Hot. Cold. Beautiful. Stoic. Smiling. This mix of emotions. And the whole time I was processing, am I actually ready to play? I haven't played like this in over a year Am I really ready? I haven't been seriously tied up in over a year. Am I ready? And that's not to say I haven't been tied up. I've, I don't want to belittle the things that I've done, but I knew this was going to be a sadistic rope scene, or at least a really challenging one. And I needed to know what was going on, but I couldn't know what was going to go on because it was something new, because it had been a while. And my body's in a different place than it was then. The other scene that I did at ShibariCon was topping. So, a year ago, before I got ill, I had something that hit me, that uh, I'd gone to a fantasy party. 
And at that fantasy party, people had put fantasies on the wall of what it is that they were into. And their names were on the back, and it was all written in the same handwriting uh, because people submitted their information ahead of time. And their fantasies were put on the wall with their name on the back. So when people chose a fantasy, they didn't know who they were choosing it for. And that really struck me because I've had a lot of sexual fantasies over the years. And compared to the average person on the street, I'd say that I've done a lot of fantasies that other people have had. I've been part of group sex encounters. I've had sex underneath a graveyard in northwestern Ireland. I've fooled around on airplanes. I've played with people of all shapes and sizes. And yet I still have my own sexual fantasies. And so as a point of bravery and a point to challenge myself, I put up on FetLife, and these are in the, the notes, I put up this post that said what some of my sexual fantasies were that I haven't had a chance to do, that I've daydreamed about, that I've thought about. And I've got some really amazing people in my world who are game to have try stuff out with them. And so at the con, at ShibariCon, I had a chance to fulfill one of my sexual fantasies that I've never done before which was to suspend somebody in nothing but fishing line. Now, I'm not talking about a single strand of fishing line, though there was a temptation in me, that cold sadist in me, that really wanted to. There's a part of me that has, as uh, somebody I know refers to as their inner mass murderer, and there's a part of me that's dark, I know I'm the kind of person that giggles and laughs and helps people really look at their internal identity and their erotic authenticity, and I'm a giver and a lover and a friend, and I'm also a dark, fucked-up, scary guy at times. These things are not mutually exclusive concepts. These things are part of who I am, because every single one of us, including you, is a complex person. We are more than one label. We are more than one thing. And so it is for me. And so my friend Sharon offered to be that person. And it was terrifying, beautiful, horrific, perfect. We bought something like 5,000 feet of fishing line, this giant, ridiculous spool, because we didn't know how much we were going to need, because neither of us has done this before. And I didn't have a chance to ask anyone else how to do this. And so here I am trying to top a scene that I've never even talked to someone about. I understood the technicalities. I understood what knots to use. I knew the breaking point of the line in question, and I decided to start out with a moderate amount of fishing line tied around her body in single bands so that if she was able to tolerate it, I'd be able to remove pieces of it piece at a time. Now, 
As I've done before, and not always for the best, I tried to find a suspension frame, and the only one that was available was on the stage. Now, the problem with playing on a stage is that people think it's a performance, but it was the only suspension frame available, and both of us were hot and ready to go, and we said, screw it, let's play on the stage. So I set up a massage table and tied her up and adjusted all the tension, and then had four guys help me remove the suspension frame. Now, that 5,000-foot spool of fishing line was massive, and I couldn't hold it while trying to cut off pieces, so we actually had somebody that we knew from Twisted Trist hold that spool and be our fishing line boy, be our spool boy. It's like being a pool boy, but, um, but different, I guess. Yeah, we'll just call it different. And gosh, he looked really dapper, too. So it was this little bit of eye candy as well. Because, hey, why not enjoy life in all of its senses, right? And I did a whole lot of stuff to get her up there, and I'm not going to bore you with the technicalities. But um, but it was scary. And that's, that massage table came out, and I was waiting for her to just say, I'm done. I'm absolutely done. We're done. Done now. Right now. Done and have those four guys hold her underneath while I cut her out of the lines, but she didn't. And I sat there counting the tension and adjusting the tension, or at least trying to, but it was all pretty much locked in place, so all I got to do was bear witness to her suffering. And it wasn't hot, per se. I wanted it to be hot. I wanted to be completely turned on. I wanted to do all kinds of things to her once she was in midair, and that's just not where my brain went. My brain went very calculated. My brain went very calculated and cold and loving at the same time because I wanted her to suffer, but in a way that worked for me and her. And so I kept counting the lines and... If she was ready, and if I was ready, cut another one. And cut another one. And when she was finally adjusted that, cut another one. Cut another one. Cut another one. With more time than that in between. And I have no idea how long she was up in the air. And it really doesn't matter. What matters was that was that we were there together. That we were each on our own journey at the same time, but we were there together. But here I am after the scene, having gotten her down and seen her covered with zebra stripes from where the lines were laying. Stripes that are, lasted for quite a long time with, uh, to be honest, ramifications of some minor nerve damage in both her feet and her hands afterwards that faded after about a week, but that was really scary to know that I'd damaged her, actually damaged her. And it was something that she'd agreed to ahead of time and risked ahead of time, but, um, but it was still scary for me. And here I am processing afterwards that, that I'm that fucked up, that I'm the guy who suspended somebody in fishing line and liked it 
and jerked off to it afterwards. Not immediately afterwards. I was a little busy doing, you know, taking care of her. But, but that I was that guy that people worry about, that people wonder about, that I felt like a villain. And where do we sit with that afterwards? When I'm out of the scene and out of the hotness and I know that I'm that guy. I return to my normalcy a couple hours later. But I still sit with that. I still sit with wondering if that was healthy. And yet I want to do it again. I want to do it again. And what does that make me? Where does that put me? Who and how and why? And then the question, of course, is when? (laughs) The when is probably going to be this weekend at Dark Odyssey Fusion. And I think they've still got a handful of tickets left. It's uh, darkodyssey.com. I'll I'll put it in the notes. But, uh, But yeah, I process in a lot of different ways. I journal. I write poetry. I sit in quiet contemplation. I have conversations with dear friends. I tweet. I sit alone. I look at my body and hear its responses. I hear my brain and I hear its responses. I feel my spirit and listen to its responses. I see myself in all of my multitude and acknowledge that I am a complex being. You have the potential to process in so many ways. I know people who process through laughter and making light of what they're going through. I know people who process by making art. I know people who process by sitting down with their play partner afterwards and talking it out. I know people who process by talking with their therapist, their coach, their spiritual advisor, or their sex advisor, as it were. I know people who process by silence of the heart. There are so many ways to process, and the processing is important. Sometimes the process does not involve active thinking. It's about listening to body wisdom, and the next time an opportunity comes up, listening to that gut response. This last weekend, I went to the Kefrian Gathering, an event that's hosted by House Kaferu, which is a group of psychic vampires who are based all over the globe. And when I say psychic vampire, I, I literally mean psychic vampires, people who need energy from the outside world to thrive, and in some cases to survive. They're consensual vampires, those who only work with people who have agreed to share that energy, or who ambient feed, going to things like concerts and nibbling on all of that stuff that we put out there, 
not draining another, but simply being around those high energy experiences. And I went to that gathering and there was a class being done by Michelle Ballinger and a woman named Jess. And the class was on understanding and reading psychic energy and psychic and energetic bodies. Now, interesting topic, but what really hit me was talking about breaking down into three different ways that we read energy. The first one was talking about those individuals who can literally see auras and see energy in etheric bodies. Now, this is a lot of stuff that we hear about in pagan press or mainstream press even. This is the kind of stuff of television psychics where they can go, I hear the letter M or I'm looking at your aura and it's dark and looks sick around your liver. Or this is the part of people who can look at you and go, oh, really? That's what's going on for you because you're glowing red. That's kind of hot. That's kind of sexy. The second one, though, is people who, instead of seeing with their third eye, instead of seeing with their Ajna Chakra, instead of seeing with vision or sensation or one of the five senses, instead of those things, they feel. Their heart opens up and glows and they know things through emotion. The third one, though, is the one that really strikes home for me when processing SM, which is body wisdom. It's gut feeling. It's going, ooh, something's not right here. I'm done. And walking away without thinking about it, without even feeling about it. It's just that gut wisdom that knows it's one that I'm not that good at, but I'm trying to learn. In fact, I'd say I'm actually better at that than feeling, which for people who see my classes might strike weird. But I'm really good at the thinking part and seeing energy and all of that stuff. And I'm decent at gut wisdom, but I'm trying to get better. But that feeling part, I've got challenges with. Not all of us have all three. Some of us have one or two. Some of us who might be able to sense etheric bodies can't do it with vision, can't say, oh, I see red in your aura. They might feel it through sensation. They might hear a buzzing. They might feel a taste on their tongue. They might get queasy. These things are, or they might even feel sensory experiences, but it's interesting to me that different people process these things in different ways. And I want you to really consider how you process what's right for you with your sexual exploration. How do you figure out exactly what it is that you want is it through reflection of what you've already done? Is it through daydreaming? How do you do this stuff? And I'd love to hear from you about how you do this stuff. Reply, send me emails, or if I don't get to hear about it, 
Share it with friends. Pay it forward. Talk about it. Get it out there. And if that's something too bold for you, at least share it with yourself. Be honest to you. This coming weekend at Fusion, I'm going to be hosting a class on sacred kink, but also going to be doing some ritual work. Now, the ritual work that I'm doing is on a couple different things. One is called the Ruby Pentacle, where we're going to be working on honor, integrity, discipline, responsibility, and purpose, and how those things lay out in our energetic body. But the one I'm pretty darn excited about, the one that I'm scared about, the one that I'm looking forward to is called IV Wed. Now, for folks who might remember, I, a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now, got married to myself. I'm wearing a ring on my finger because I married me. Something that I had to process a lot beforehand. And I'm not going to go into it today, but I'm going to be sharing that ritual with people this coming weekend. And it terrifies me because I have never done anything like this. I've never officiated for other people who are marrying themselves. I've done the work for me, but doing the work with others is a different experience. It is different to do solo work than it is to be a priest. So I will be there as a priest. I will be there to help others on their journey, which tells me that I am the kind of person who is not only the type who wants to be a sensation connoisseur and be pushed and be challenged, but is also the kind of person who challenges others and challenges myself to rise into my own darkness, and I am also the person who helps others. I am all of these things, and yet I am so much more, and yet the thing called I am, I am your Lord God called I am. That thing called I am, that God self, that truth that is within me, that point where I connect to the divine is more than that. I am these things and more. I am these things and more. I am these things and more. And so with that, I think I'm going to wrap it up for today. Thank you all so much for joining me. Thank you so much for being with me in part of this journey because I can't do it alone. And I am blessed that you are out there doing the work too, because it matters. Because we only make the world a better place by all doing this work for ourselves. For folks who wanna reach out to me, I'm all over the internet. Do a search for Lee Harrington, or the words passion and soul, all as one word. And you could find me on FetLife.com, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, DeviantArt. Look all over the place, passion and soul with one word, and you'll find me. And thank you for joining me, fellow adventurers of sexuality and spirit. This has been Erotic Awakening with Lee Harrington. And until next time, 
Stay cool, have fun, be authentically you, and have a fantastic journey.